Hello and welcome to What on Earth, the podcast in the Environmental Investigation Agency, or EIA. Tanzania's world-famous Silu Game Reserve is one of Africa's largest remaining wilderness areas. It's home to populations of elephants and seriously threatened black rhinos, as well as a host of other species such as cheetahs, giraffes, hippos and crocodiles. Its unique ecological value saw it added to the UNESCO list of World Heritage in 1982, but early this month the World Heritage Committee was considering stripping it of this status due to the damage done by construction of a hydropower dam. I'm Paul Newman, EIA's Senior Press and Communications Officer, and today we're going to be taking a look at the situation in the Salu and what the future holds for it. Joining me is Rachel McKenna, a wildlife campaigner working in our elephant team, to talk about why EIA was pushing for this unique space to be delisted as a World Heritage Site and what actually took place at the meeting. Rachel, welcome and thanks for taking the time to share your thoughts with us. Thanks for having me, Paul. Now, to get us started, would you give us an overview of what's been happening in the Sulu? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Sulu Game Reserve, which is in southern Tanzania, um, as you mentioned, is home to a variety of key species. Um, And given its ecological status and importance, it's been listed as UNESCO World Heritage for a number of years. It's a hugely important ecosystem, not only for fauna and flora, but also for numerous local communities that rely on the Sulu and its ecosystems for tourism revenue, for fishing and farming and income generation. Um, Unfortunately, since 2018 or so, what we've seen is the Tanzanian government constructing a massive hydropower dam in the heart of the reserve. And what is really concerning is that the government has chosen to do this not only in contravention of of its obligations under UNESCO, under the World Heritage Convention, um, which prohibits the construction of large dams in World Heritage sites, but it's also chosen to do so with a blatant disregard for expert scientific um, evidence that shows the dam will have a real impact on the habitat and survival of different species. Um, it will cause widespread flooding and will divert and change the composition of the Rufiji River, which will have a knock-on effect on um, an estimated 200,000 farmers and fishers further downstream. It's, it's a shockingly ill-conceived project um, that's harming two protected areas, the UNESCO World Heritage Site, but also the Rufiji Kilwa Marine Site, which is protected under the Wetlands Convention known as Ramsar. Um, And I should also point out that usually prior to environmentally sensitive projects, um, stakeholders, so in this case the government, um, are are required to undertake specific assessments to demonstrate that the project will not harm uh, the environment and that they are ecologically safe and sustainable. So in this case, the government's assessments were actually soundly rejected as categorically unfit for purpose by the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, IUCN. Um, They're a scientific body who uh, work for sustainable conservation of nature and they advise UNESCO on matters of um, natural world heritage. So they advise UNESCO on the Sulu, for example. Um, And so they've categorically um, shown that this project is completely unfit for purpose. And unfortunately, the Tanzanian government have bulldozed ahead and the project's nearing completion as we talk. Yeah. Obviously, it's an obvious one to ask, but if if the reserve is so precious, why was the construction of a massive and frankly intrusive hydropower dam on the river um, ever considered in the first place, let alone given the green light? And and I guess why is the government of Tanzania so keen to bulldoze it through? It's a good question. I mean, the refugee project was originally conceived to address um, power and energy shortages in Tanzania. Um, It was meant as a means to bolster development for Tanzania um, and for Tanzanians. 
And I just want to make clear that EIA, during its campaign against the dam over the years, has never called into question Tanzania's sovereign rights to pursue energy development. What we've been campaigning against is the fact that the, the government has not explored alternative locations for the dam, or indeed alternative sources of energy, such as solar um, or wind energy. Um, and in the context more specifically of, of the UNESCO meeting, we focused on reminding the committee that it had in the past, over the years, unequivocally opposed the development of large dams inside UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Ripping apart World Heritage for ill-thought-out vanity projects like this refugee dam has to come with consequences. And yes, it is Tanzania's right to develop, but um, if we think of UNESCO as as a private members club with the, the convention laying down various rules and regulations for membership of that club, Tanzania really can't be allowed to remain in that club if it continuously and consistently consistently just makes a mockery of those rules. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, you, you and your colleagues on the um, Elephant team at EIA have been very vocal in urging the World Heritage Committee uh, a meeting when it met earlier this month to make an example of the saloon to delist it. Why was that? Why were we so fervent about that as being the thing that we needed to do? That's uh, yeah, that's another good question. I mean, it may seem it may seem a bit odd that an organisation like EIA, committed to environmental protection, calls for the Sulu to be stripped of its world heritage status, and because that could be conceived as you know us promoting the removal of certain environmental protections, which is not the case though. Um, it really was a heartbreaking outcome to have to campaign for, um, but we've had to call for the salute to be delisted after essentially years and years of inaction by the World Heritage Committee, who over the years have just merely expressed concern over the project, but have never actually shown, shown any teeth or shown any force or power in holding Tanzania accountable for its actions in the salute. Um, unfortunately, this meeting really was the last opportunity for decisive action, given how far along the project has come. Um, I mean, the reasons for designating the site as World Heritage have been destroyed due to the construction of the dam. There's no denying it. And we believe that keeping the site listed as World Heritage only serves to signal that, you know, protected sites of environmental importance like the Salu are now open and legitimate areas for unsustainable exploitation. We needed to, to, send, we needed to send a clear message that the destruction of um, special environments has consequences. And I, I guess the fact that you and I are here talking about this today, I mean, the, the, obviously the, the meeting didn't go the way we would have wished it to. Um, speaking of showing teeth, what did the meeting um, the World Heritage Committee actually decide in the end and, and why? Yeah, so there were two possible outcomes from this meeting that were up for discussion by the committee. So option one was to delist the salute, which is exactly what the World Heritage Centre and IUCN had recommended prior to the meeting. Um, and this option was justified by the fact that the dam has obliterated the outstanding universal value of the game reserve and therefore it doesn't even qualify for world heritage status anymore. Um, option two was the option essentially to bury heads in the sand and postpone any real action on this issue and to keep the Sulu on the list of world heritage in danger. Um, and the Sulu has been on this list since approximately 2016 first due to rampant elephant poaching in the reserve and subsequently because of the deforestation linked specifically to the construction of the dam. And unfortunately, what we saw is that all committee members, except for Norway, voted um, to keep the salute listed on the World Heritage um, list in danger. 
So basically, what happened is we can say that nothing actually changed at the meeting, um, yet at the same time, the meeting changed everything. What I mean by this is that the status of the SULU under the convention stayed exactly the same, yet the message it imparted to the international society and to other ecologically important World Heritage sites is that a new precedent has now been set and it's now open season for other UNESCO sites to be used as stomping grounds for unsustainable exploitation. Because essentially what the SULU outcome demonstrated is that actions that are deemed contrary to the convention just go unpunished. Okay, so, so, so obviously with, with the committee taking a, a wait and see approach, um, or rather a treading water and not ruffling anyone's feathers kind of approach and letting things carry on as they are, do you think that was a, a missed opportunity? I mean, are we now going to see the possibility of other major World Heritage sites um, developing um, or seeing unsustainable development going ahead in them? And then looking back over their shoulder at this decision over the salute and using that justification. Absolutely. Um, so I think I alluded to this in, in the previous question. Um, the committee's approach was really a missed opportunity. It set a terrible precedent um, because delisting really would have been a clear opportunity to send an unambiguous message to Tanzania and to the international community, also including um, financial investors that are involved in unsustainable ventures that, you know, in, you know, uh, that destroying UNESCO sites is unacceptable and it has consequences and that those consequences are that these sites will no longer be considered World Heritage. So the committee really missed out on a chance to not only uphold the integrity of the World Heritage Convention to protect unique biodiversity and ecosystems, especially in light of the upcoming 50th anniversary of the convention, but it also had a chance to hold Tanzania accountable for its actions. Um, so really, the wait and see approach just makes a mockery of the World Heritage process. And as, as you mentioned, it sets a terrible precedent for other World Heritage sites, such as the Okavango Delta, where we're seeing um, drilling for oil and gas taking place, not necessarily in the World Heritage site, but around it. And the UNESCO World Heritage Center has already expressed concern um, about this. And in light of the Salu's outcome, it's worrying. We don't know whether the committee further down the line will protect the environment. Yeah, I guess it's, it's now they've made their own job, if you like, um, immeasurably harder in that they, they now can't say we've got a straight policy and there's a line you can't cross because they've just crossed it themselves or allowed it to be crossed. So they don't really have the um, position now where they can turn around and say no to anybody else doing anything similar, I guess. Exactly. They've weakened their position. Yeah. One of the things we, we, we spoke about um, in the build-up to um, the, the meeting of the, of the World Heritage Committee um, was the, our concerns that um, obviously companies um, from China and <coughs> from Egypt have got a financial interest in, in this dam project and at the same time are also um, significant members of the committee making the decision on whether or not to delist. Or, do, do you think ultimately the decision was taken um, on political grounds as a result of that involvement? Um, or was there other, some, some other justification they used to, to, um, to explain themselves? I think that's a really important point to raise. Um, so this meeting, from the decisions made to the way civil society was treated, clearly indicated that politics had a role in the decision making. Um, and as you mentioned, China and Egypt uh, are committee members, and there were clear conflicts of interest there, given their commercial interests in the dam. But not only that, I mean, committee, committee members bar Norway, they failed to act on the best available scientific evidence on the SULU. 
And they went so far as to present misinformation and to attack IUCN and other experts that had raised concerns about the impacts of the project. This is unprecedented. It was really was a clear and unacceptable case of politics just trumping science to the detriment of um, the environment, but also shared heritage. And equally concerning was that the chair only granted the floor to civil society, including us, including EIA, only once decisions had been voted on, only once you know decisions were finalized. This meant that our voices and the role of NGOs were completely sidelined and essentially viewed as unimportant. We weren't allowed a say in the meeting, even though the guidelines specify that civil society voices should be listened to. Um, and also just one last point on this, a number of the African committee members made the point that delisting the Sulu would equate to punishing Tanzania for its drive to develop energy. This was an argument that we heard pop up quite often. And pitting environmental protection against development really was not a constructive line of argument and actually quite an ironic one in the context of the Sulu. It's never been about preventing Tanzania from developing sources of energy. Uh, it's rather been about encouraging Tanzania to do so in a fair and sustainable way, in line with its commitments to international laws and frameworks. Yeah, and, and this is something that Tanzania originally signed up to without anyone twisting its arm behind its back. It was a willing partner and a willing signee to these conditions, yeah? Absolutely. Now, one, one thing I think we need to touch on, um, and it'll mean me playing devil's advocate for a moment, um, Obviously, uh, looking at the responses made by those supporting the dam, like the government itself, um, opponents of the delisting have claimed that the dam impacts um, just 1.8% um, of the total area of the reserve. Now, the Salu, I gather, is about 50,000 square kilometres. It's only a little smaller than the entirety of the country of Costa Rica. Um, given the proportions, um, less than 2% of it being directly affected by the dam, do you think we were right to claim that relative, such a relatively small area of damage justified a step so extreme as delisting? You're right, yes. This figure was frequently brought up by opponents of delisting. But um, one thing to bear in mind is that during the meeting, IUCN and the World Heritage uh, Secretariat, uh, the World Heritage Center, sorry, they expanded on this statistic many times to, to explain it in further detail. They, they explained that their research, their scientific research, um, had shown that the impact of the refugee project will far exceed the actual physical footprint of the project. So meaning that, yes, while the dam is being constructed in a relatively small area in the reserve, the impacts of the dam will spread far beyond the construction site into a vast expanse of the Sulu floodplain. And it will impact not only the ecosystems in, in the area and surrounding areas, but the livelihoods of the communities downstream from the Sulu, not in the, in the immediate vicinity of the Sulu, but further away from it. And it was really unfortunate that this statistic was used so selectively and so subjectively in this manner. And I guess it just again indicates how little consideration was paid to, to scientific fact and opinion at this, at this meeting. I, I guess, yeah, the proportion of it isn't the entire story, is it? It's, it's um, as you said earlier, it's, it's the principle of the thing. It's the principle of world heritage status. It has to mean something if it's going to exist at all. Otherwise, for what purpose is it there? Uh, finally, um, obviously, it appears to be a done deal. You know, the construction's underway. They're looking to fill the reservoir in the near future. Um, the dam's not going away. No one's going to deconstruct it and make any efforts to put it back the way it was. Um, what's next for the Salu, um, from, from your point of view as a campaigner? Um, obviously, you've been spending a lot of time keeping a close watch on this project, and you've begun to see some of the devastation and damage it's been causing. Uh, is the Salu effectively a, a lost cause, or is there something we can do to 
contain the damage at least that's already been done. Yeah, so I mean, the outcome of this meeting clearly was not what we had hoped for and what we'd campaigned for, but that doesn't mean that our campaign against the dam is over. Um, we've been doing a lot behind the scenes to engage with the financial investors in the project um, and we'll continue to do so to push them to be more responsible and to be more sustainable in their investments and to align their portfolios with their existing commitments to various principles such as the, um, such as the United Nations principles for responsible investment um, as well as to specific no-go commitments to get involved um, in UNESCO World Heritage Sites but also to their own internal corporate social responsibility policies because surprisingly a lot of the investors that we've been in touch with they have clear-cut csr policies that safeguard that should safeguard them from becoming involved in unsustainable ventures but what we're seeing is that a lot of them are just acting in contravention of their own policies so this is there's a lot of work to be done and this is an avenue that we will be actively pursuing there are lots of big names big banks involved um and it's something that we will be actively looking at um continuing our engagement with but as for the the unesco angle we'll be keeping a close watch on whether or not tanzania actually invites the long overdue unesco and iucn monitoring mission to the game reserve this monitoring mission was called for over a number of years now and has to be invited by the tanzanian government to actually take place and up until now the government hasn't invited it um, and this, 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 this monitoring mission was again recalled at this uh, UNESCO meeting that just took place. So we'll be keeping an eye to see if that actually goes ahead. Um, and at the same time, we'll be monitoring to see what mitigating factors the government actually puts into place, given, as you say, the dam is, you know, it's not, it's not going anywhere. It's nearly, it's nearly complete. The, the reservoir will be filled in November. Um, so it's basically, you know, a done deal. But we want to see if any mitigating factors will be put into place and that's something we'll keep an eye on um overall we'll continue to hold the tanzanian government accountable um including at the next unesco meeting we'll be there um we'll be voicing our opposition to the project but more broadly speaking we'll continue to highlight the failures and all the missed opportunities of the international community to protect precious and precious environments like the like the Sulu. i i guess if we can't um, save the Salu, if you like, from this kind of intrusion, we can at least hold it up as a, a poster child for what not to do going forward um, and looking at other developments as and when they're proposed for similar sites, yeah? Exactly. Okay. Well, best of luck to you and your colleagues, and um, I hope you'll come back and um, chat with us about any further updates and let us know how the um, plans to engage with investors go. Yes. Rachel, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. Um, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please watch this space for future episodes. And do check out our website at eia-international.org to find out more about our work. Thank you for joining us, and wherever you are, stay safe out there.